Hey everybody, Jacob Suntra, managing editor at fearthefin.com with Marcus White, staff writer over at Fear the Fin. Uh, we're going to talk about last night's 3-2 uh, overtime win and kind of talk a little bit about the World Juniors and then preview the next couple games on the Sharks' schedule. Let's start with the Sharks' win last night. Uh, Marcus watched the game live. I watched the game uh, with the replay after the fact. I was at the Avalanche Flames game last night. Uh, so, Marcus, uh, let's start with your initial thoughts on the Sharks' win. It was not exactly a dominant performance by anyone except for uh, perhaps Martin Jones. Yeah, he he was really the Sharks' best player last night, and they absolutely needed him to be. Uh, the Sharks flew out to Anaheim yesterday. Um, rarely happens, but because of a quirk in the CBA where they don't allow any travel or practices on – uh, Christmas Eve to Boxing Day, the Sharks had to fly this morning to a game. Uh, why they would schedule a road game for them that same day, a little strange, but um, I don't make the NHL schedule. Uh, yeah, they did not play very well, uh, but they they held on and you know they got to overtime. And when you're when you have a strange travel situation like that, that's really all you can ask for. And you know it continues to be encouraging that you know it feels like pretty much every time they've needed. Uh, Martin Jones to stand on his head and steal a game for them this season. He has um, he has had games where he's not played very well, but I don't think that's really common games where the Sharks have been thoroughly outclassed, other than maybe the Detroit game early in the season. But certainly since November, every time they've needed him to, you know, steal a win for them, he has, which is very encouraging going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the uh, the Sharks played pretty terribly, pretty much up and down the lineup. I think in particular, the third pairing was not very good and the fourth line was pretty terrible, um, which I think is basically how it works, you know, in a night where everyone is struggling. I think the bottom guys are more likely to get really uh, feasted upon. And I think as much as it was, the Sharks played poorly. Anaheim also played really, really well, which is something they haven't done really at any point this season. The Sharks in there, so this was the fourth game against Anaheim. In the three previous, the Sharks had really – you know, controlled possession in two of the three games. Um, only won one of the three games. Now they're, they've won two. Both those game wins have come in overtime. Anaheim now has six of a possible 12 total points. Um, you know, that's including the one game left. So they've clinched a 50% point percentage against the Sharks in the season series, which is, you know, doesn't really mean anything uh, other than it being a little bit disappointing considering it's kind of a down year for the Ducks. Um, yeah, that's just from more of a bragging perspective than anything else. Uh, you know, I, I would like to see the Sharks play a little bit better against a team that I just don't think is very good. Um, it's been a lot of really close games. I think they've all been one goal games. Yeah, they have all been one goal games, even the, the two losses. Um, you know, I know, I know it's a road game. And so obviously the Ducks get, get last change. Um, I think part of the problem here, too, is that the Sharks continue to fail to optimize their lineup against a team that they really should have a better – that they do have a better roster against, you know. And I think that comes with dressing guys like Michael Haley and Dylan DeMello against a team that has a weaker roster. Um, you know, yeah, Haley gets in another fight tomorrow or last night, and I think that that kind of thing is – you know, while while Michael Haley is definitely better than, you know – the Jared, Jared Bulls of the world, um, you you better take advantage of the fact that they're dressing guys like Jared Bull by dressing, you know, better players. Um, and I think that's something that Pete DeBoer continues to fail to take advantage of. And I think that's just another uh, another weakness 
that that is not being addressed fully. Um, and, you know, uh, again, while that doesn't really matter that much in a game in December, uh, that's the kind of thing that is going to keep the Sharks from uh, really fully realizing their their true potential in games in April and May. And that stuff does matter as much as, you know, people like to pretend that that it doesn't. And that matters all through the lineup, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, the Sharks are not scratching uh, Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr, but it doesn't really matter because uh, any amount of incremental talent that you're giving up is – it matters. It, it all matters. Everything matters. The NHL is too close and there's too much parity in this league for you to ever in any situation give up an edge on your opponent. You just can't really afford to do that. And to say that, uh, oh, well, you're giving up only a little bit of an edge is, uh, you know, to show that you really actually don't understand anything about hockey at all, in mm. my opinion. I Yeah, I think um, he's just showed a, a big hesitance to make any changes after the Sharks play well in a win. Um, and even after they win and they haven't played very well, although when there's been games where they've won and not looked very good and he's made a change um, after that Carolina uh, win just before Thanksgiving uh, – or excuse me, just before Thanksgiving or just after? Uh, the win over um, Carolina comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, he, made, he made some change. They did not play very well in that game. That was another game where it was actually Aaron Dell who uh, – who pretty much stole that, stole that win for them. Um, and he made changes the following game. So I think you're going to see uh, Schlemko back in uh, on Friday against the Flyers. Uh, not sure about the fourth line. Uh, Joel Ward got an assist last night, so he probably keeps his spot uh, in the lineup. And the, the donut line, as it were, since they don't have any natural centers on the fourth line, um, it, it it hasn't resulted in a in a loss yet. Yes, I don't think they're being fully optimized, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how long that uh, experiment continues to go because he's you know he seems to be pretty comfortable with uh, Ward uh, taking most of the faceoffs uh, as the as the fourth line center, basically, which is a role he hasn't really played here in San Jose. I'm not sure how much he's he's played center in in his career and you know or previously. So. Uh, Gonna be interesting to see what happens on on Friday against Philly with the with the fourth line for sure. But I think there's a you know very good chance that David Schlump goes back in the lineup against the Flyers. Uh, it's also worth noting that we talked about that roster freeze ending. The uh, yes, there's some AHL guys that continue to to put up points. The Barracuda played again on Monday and uh, and beat the Heat. Uh, no, that's the Pacific Division leaders in the AHL right now. Not the Miami. Uh, <laughs> no, not the Miami Heat. We're not leading any division at the moment. Uh, Nikolai Goldobin had the uh, game winner in that game. That's another two-point game for him. Uh, he's up to 0. 0.82 points per game, which is you know quite good. But uh, it's really for Daniel season or for his career uh, for the season. Um, he he'll be a little bit lower for his career. I haven't calculated that. I think he's probably around 0. 0.78. I think he's he'll be below 0. 0.8, I believe, uh, for his career. Um, he's at a uh, 18 points in 22 games this season. Right. Uh, it's really, though, it's Daniel O'Regan. I think it's a guy that's probably got a really good shot at getting a call just because he's a center. Um, he's at 1.23 points per game right now. Adam Haluka is up to 0.77 points per game. You know, those are, uh, those are guys that, you know, are knocking on the door a little bit. Um, and I really think, again, the fact that O'Regan is a center and is a little bit older, you know, he's 22 years old. 
has a lot of experience, obviously playing in college, that uh, is a guy that might get another look here uh, if they feel like they want to make a change on that fourth line. Because, uh, yeah, I know they're comfortable with Ward taking face-offs, and maybe this is a sign that they don't really care about the face-offs stat too much, which, you know, um, is something I don't have a problem with because yeah. I don't think that it matters that much. And But I think that the, the center role – is about more than taking face-offs, certainly. And maybe they think that what Ward that Ward can deliver on the center front in a, uh, ways other than in the face-off circle. And I, I, quite frankly, haven't paid close enough attention to what how that line is being handled uh, center-wise away from you know face-offs and that kind of thing to really comment on that. So maybe they think mm-hmm. that's being handled okay. But O'Regan has played really, really, really well with the Barracuda, so... Um, you know, that's a guy that I feel like as at the very least doing everything that he can right now to, to earn a call up. So, uh, that's something certainly to, to keep an eye on because both him and Goldobin and Haluka, all three of them are certainly playing enough, well enough with the Barracuda right now to, you know, potentially, uh, to earn a call up. Yeah. I, I so. it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, happens there. I mean, we've talked about it the last couple podcasts, if they, if they want to make a move and call a guy up. Due to how you know crunched they are against the salary cap, they would have to send somebody down. Um, Tommy Wingles and Matt Nieto were both scratched last night. Um, they'd have they'd have to waive uh, one of those guys. I believe I don't know if would they have to waive Nieto. They would have to waive him, right? Yes, he'd have to clear waivers. Okay, yeah, so he'd have to clear waivers, but his whole salary is covered basically by the exemption. Uh, you know the and then that would basically with that exemption, they would then be able to call up. Uh, you know, a Danny O'Regan. Um, I think if anyone gets called up, it's going to be him or or Ryan Carpenter, one of the centers, because I if just based if, on positional need, yeah, exactly, I think so exactly. Because uh, you know, clearly, uh, Wingles. I mean, the fact that Wingles hasn't played the last two games, I think, shows that he has not fully established himself as the fourth line center. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do there. I'm also interested to see in terms of roster decisions what they do with the power play the power play did not look very good uh last night uh not sure if that was just general ineffectiveness as we've kind of seen all season they haven't been as good as in previous years at least in terms of scoring goals i'm not sure about their uh, shot numbers um but he, he dropped DeBoer dropped marlo down to the second unit and uh, replaced him with kevin lebank on the top unit uh i wonder if we're going to see you know see more changes could Chris Tierney get a bit of a longer look on the uh, on the power play? I'm I'm surprised he hasn't really played too much there, other than you know spot duty here and there. I just maybe maybe it's you know because some players that are great at even strength, it doesn't really translate to the power play. Um, I thought he looked pretty good there in the preseason, so I wonder if they give they give him a look on the power play to. But I also think too last night the that's another area where playing David Shubko would have helped a lot. Uh, yep. That's Missing him on that second unit power play is huge. There's no, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no natural quarterback on that second unit power play without him there. Uh, you know, Demello is pretty good at moving the puck. I think, honestly, I think him and Demello would be is a better second power play unit defense pairing than um, Vlasic Schlumko. But I'd almost rather have the fourth forward and and bump up Chris Tierney to that uh, second unit power play than to have. Um, have two defensemen. It, it works so well. It's worked so well historically for the Sharks in the first unit. I'm not sure why they don't try it with the second unit, especially given how good of a how good Schlemko has been on the power play. So, yep, absolutely. Uh, frankly, I'd rather see uh, if they don't have uh, 
uh, Tierney out there. I'd almost rather have LeBanc out there than uh, than Vlasic. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm I'm definitely for having four forwards out there. And if you're going to have two defensemen, Vlasic is not the guy I want out there anyway. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of the times uh, the 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 penalty killers know that they can leave Vlasic alone long enough to the point where he'll end up taking a shot that just goes wide of the net. Um, you know, it's not it's not really very dangerous shooting the puck. And so it just kind of – it it doesn't really help the Sharks to have them out there in the, in yeah. the whole grand scheme of things. But, yeah, I, I would like to see Tierney get a longer look out there. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't be upset to see LeBanc or Meyer get a look out there as well. Um, but I think that, yeah, Tierney or LeBanc have both earned shots, you know, to, to get elongated looks. I think uh, Tierney especially, given just what a good playmaker he is, that he is exactly. a, a really natural fit for this kind of a role. And so I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a longer look. I'm also surprised that given the fact that the power play hasn't converted much, that that hasn't played a bigger role into giving Schlemko a leg up on DeMello. You know, DeMello's an okay puck mover, but he's definitely not as good as Schlemko is. So I don't really know what the, yeah. what the deal is there. Um, you know, and again, this whole uh, Schlemko saga, I feel like is again something that hasn't been, uh, it's something DeBoer hasn't really been pressed on very much, and I feel like that's part of uh, the small media market type thing. You know, if this kind of thing was happening in Toronto, uh, I think we would have uh, would have it would have been pressed a little bit more than it has been here. Uh, we've heard nothing, you know, and what he said has been disappointing uh to say the least he's, uh, he's, he hasn't really said anything yet yeah he's and he hasn't been forced evaded. to say anything yeah he's evaded i think when asked i think the big the big questions uh and you know i i was not there at those practices so i don't want to and i was not in those scrums so i don't want to you know make it seem like oh i was i've got the inside scoop but i think you know it happened the first game and then i think he was asked about it and schlemko was pretty candid about it um but uh then it happened a second game, and it was right before the break, so really wasn't a chance to ask him, you know, after that game until yesterday morning, and then they found out he was scratched again, and and now he's, you know, he's ostensibly, uh, I think pretty clearly he won't be scratched on Friday. I'd be pretty surprised if he was scratched on Friday, but yeah, he was. He has. I, I think when he was asked about it early, and that could be why he wasn't asked about it more. He was definitely uh, a little bit effusive in his answer, and you know, he's. That's his right as the coach. He doesn't have to, you know, answer the questions head on. But hey, I agree. If 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 a play, you know, if this, you know, maybe a bigger bigger situation, a bigger market, I think it'd be it'd be big. But it, I think that's just because of the tonnage. You know, when there's when there's so when there's only a handful of writers at the practices, you know, it's like okay, we can write about it. But you know, there's not the the echo chamber that you get in other markets like Toronto or or Winnipeg or uh, Canadian markets where that dominates the sports talk radio. I mean, I've been listening to a good amount of sports talk radio when I've been driving and I have not heard a single sharks conversation. Yeah. I think to me, the biggest thing though, is that when, uh, when you ask the question, it's not enough to say, Hey, why is, uh, why slump go scratch? It's like, Oh, you know, we just, uh, when we look at the compete level, uh, we want right. to give up, uh, start the guy that has the best chance to win. Then that's not good enough to be like, Oh, okay. You have to ask, Oh, why do you think oh. they, you know, the mellow gives you the best chance to win? Oh, well, you know, it's like, no, no, I mean, how about specifically why you yeah. think he gives you, you know, you yeah, have exactly. to needle him. There's nobody that is doing that, that is needling him about why he actually thinks that. Uh, and that, I think, is a little bit disappointing. And I understand that uh, 
it's also, I think it's also too because the decision has has quote unquote worked. I mean, I don't think they've played as well. I don't think he's played as well as right. Schlemko because it hasn't worked at all. They've, they've the won thing. each of those games, and you know, I think to some that means oh, okay, that's and it's not an issue. Yeah. But right, yeah, right. We're all going to take a big correlation causation class this off season. <laughs> we're we're going to go. We're going to go over to San Jose State. Going to get a, a a nice philosophy professor to give us a, a course, and it's going to be great. We're all going to go. I can't wait. That could be fun. That could be fun. It could be a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, so yeah, we've got Philly coming to town this week. That'll that that's always fun to have an East Coast team come to town. East Coast, Eastern Conference. They're pretty close to the coast. You can throw a rock and hit it. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you just got that stupid New Jersey State block in the way. Uh, <laughs> it almost doesn't exist. Uh, Philadelphia is uh, oh, kind of a weird team. I, I think they're okay. Um, you know, I think they'll be better next year. Uh, they've got some really interesting players. I mean, they've got some obviously really established good players and then some young players that I think will be quite good. You know, the Shane Gostas Bears of the world and the, the Vora Czechs, whatever. Um, obviously, Provorov. Yeah, Provorov. Um, and then obviously the, you know, Claude Giroux of the world, obviously are guys that are, you know, dudes that are very established. I think obviously goaltending has really, really hurt them this year. Steve Mason's been terrible. Um, and he's one of those guys that will have years where he looks like a Vesna winner again and years where he looks like, like he does this year, like Steve Mason. Um, and so it's, it'll be really interesting to see which version of the Flyers kind of show, show up, uh, face the Sharks do they you know I, I'm not sure if they're if this is going to be like a back-to-back situation for them or if they get the if the Sharks get them fresh and I'm looking at that uh, yeah right. Flyers Flyers play today Wednesday night rivalry against the Blues okay so that means the Sharks they'll it be marketed as a Sharks. Wednesday night rivalry I guess because against, they came into the league in the same year they're rivals the Wednesday night rivalry is the just the pinnacle of the NBC and NHL partnership. Oh, we yeah. don't really try that hard. We actually wish we weren't doing this, but here we go anyway. <laughs> I mean, it works when you have Sharks Kings or you have like, like even if you have like Penguins Bruins, like they're not in the same division, but they have playoff history together. Like that well, works. But I just- mean, everyone's a rival with the Bruins, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, if the idea is that, you know, oh, oh, these teams hate each other, right? Oh, everyone yeah. hates the Bruins. So that works. Yeah, exactly. Sure, why not? I just when but you yeah. do the cross conference stuff, it's a huge stretch. The uh, you know, I, I it's like, oh man, Coyotes and Avalanche. Exactly. Why not? Sure. Yeah. They've played each other a few times. Sure. Why not? Maybe. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, their goaltending's been awful this year. Uh, Nine oh eight for Steve, Steve Mason and Michael Neuvert's honestly been worse. Eight fifty nine save percentage. Um, and they were that was one of the best goaltending tandems last year. Uh, when you when you have guys that are like the middle of the pack of, of goalies in the league, it can swing one way or the other uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, you're not going to win a whole lot of games doing that. Nope. Uh, they, they are in at even strength. They are uh, third from the bottom uh, with uh, your Carolina Hurricanes at the bottom, then Colorado, and then St. Louis at the Ooh. very bottom. So the good news is the Sharks have dragged themselves down. They were down near the bottom at the beginning of the year. Now they're, I think they're in the top 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, at 9. Even. Yes, 10th in the league at even strength. So Martin Jones has dragged himself up from the pit of despair. 
up to 10th in the league. And uh, Dallas is up to 7th now, so what a time to be alive. Dallas? D- Dallas, yeah. Oh, my – that's shocking. So laughing all the way to the bank with that <laughs> $10.5 million in salary cap tied into Harry Lettinen and uh, Auntie Niemi. So. Hey, now. Uh, then the Sharks will go to L.A. right after for a back-to-back because the league is doing another one of these stupid traveling back-to-backs. You know, I know it's a short flight and everything, but I cannot fathom why they continue to do these. Uh, Sharks did win their last uh, travel back-to-back to L.A., though, so pretty comfortably, if I recall I correctly. we see Aaron Dell in either of these games. Nope. Yeah, I don't think so either. Aaron Dell will never play again. He's dead. <laughs> Have you seen Aaron Dell lately? Uh, his beard's looking scruffy. Oh, okay. I just wanted to confirm that he's actually alive. Yeah, yeah, no, he's on the bench. He's wearing the hat. He's, he's got okay. a beard. Got Are you sure he's? You sure it's actually him? Yeah, he could have been replaced with a life model decoy. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just worried. I'm worried about him. Aaron, if you're in trouble, next time you're Think out twice. there, right? Exactly. Put the hat on backwards at the 10 minute mark of the second period, and we will send help. <laughs> Okay, we're here for you, buddy. Uh, okay, let's start to wrap this up so you can actually go to this practice. in uh, World Juniors, right? World Juniors, yes. Rudolph Balsayers and Joaquin Blickfeld. Those are a couple of Sharks prospects for uh, – who did I say first? Balsayers, yeah. So Balsayers for Latvia, Blickfeld for uh, Denmark. Uh, both scored yesterday, which is great because uh, neither of them are long for this tournament. Uh both of them lost pretty terribly yesterday, and uh, they will likely continue to do so throughout the rest of this tournament. Um, but, you know, it, it's nice to see them get on the score sheet. Neither of those guys are, are high draft draft picks by by any means. Um, Blickfeld was the seventh rounder for the Sharks in 2016. Uh, Balsers was a little bit higher, and I think that's a 2015 draft pick. Um, so it's nice to, nice to see. You know, the Sharks don't have a lot of guys. They only have three guys. Yeah, Carlis Cooksey is uh, the other guy. He's also for Latvia, and he hasn't hasn't scored uh, either. It means a defender, so not really expected to. And also for Latvia, so uh, they've scored now, I think, twice in two games. So not a whole lot of scoring going on for that team. Um, you know, uh, Canada has rolled in their first two games. The U.S. has only played once. They play again today. Um, you know. I'm not really a big world junior guy, except for when the Sharks guys are involved, and uh, they're not going to be involved for much longer. Uh, that <laughs> that being said, uh, Latvia Denmark will be both be playing uh, their you know quote unquote easier, more winnable games here coming up in a couple of days. So those will be uh, yes. worth worth watching, if for no other reason than uh, you know these guys might have a chance to score some more goals. So yeah, Latvia gets the Slovaks on Friday. Denmark gets the Swiss the same day. Denmark plays the Czech Republic tomorrow. And then Latvia plays Canada tomorrow. Okay, so don't watch that one. <laughs> but uh, nice to see them doing well. You know, they they're they're not playing a great teams, but they are playing very good competition. So it's it's nice to see uh, nice to see them doing well against peers in their age group, even if maybe the peers on their own team aren't as good as uh, I mean, not maybe definitely aren't as good as the peers yeah, on no, opposing can't teams. confirm not good, yeah. very bad, yes. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's cool. And it's cool to see them get recognized for that. And, uh, you know, it's, 
really ramps up the difficulty when you're playing with guys that can't compete with the the guys on the other side of the ice. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye out on. So, uh, some quick notes. Uh, let's see. Fear the Fin Night is coming up on January 14th against the Blues. We've got some links on that on the site. We just launched some cool T-shirts that you can buy if you're heading out there to join us. Um, that's all up on the site now. Um, that's all on the front page. So the Sharks aren't in action again until Friday. We'll do another podcast probably again on Sunday or Monday after this weekend. Um, and that's probably pretty much it. You can follow us on Twitter at Fear the Fin, Marcus at Marcus P. White, me at Jake Sundstrom. Marcus will have some stuff today from practice. Um, you should follow him on Twitter because uh, he's going to probably tweet some stuff. Yes, I will. I will definitely. I can't confirm. I will tweet some stuff. He's going to tweet some stuff. Oh, the, the Denmark beat Finland yesterday. Uh, they did. Yes, that's okay. right. So they, I, uh, they, Finland they, has a – yeah, they, they were outshot something like 30 to 6. Okay, got it. Finland was or yeah. Denmark was? Denmark was. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Hey, it's not been a great tournament for, for Finland. No. So, Yeah. Uh, pour one out for my Finnish ancestors. <laughs> uh, poor guys. Okay, all right, we're wrapping it up. Go uh, get in your car. You're, uh, let me see, let me guess. You're uh, Geo? No, no, no. Metro? No. Uh, yeah. Honda Civic? No. Uh, Saturn Aura Greenline Hybrid. Uh, he just made that up. I did not. It's the name of the car. You could Google. That's Can't not a real car. That is a real car. Nope. <laughs> that is... It is real. Okay. I'm actually, well, maybe I'm, if I'm in a Flintstones type vehicle where I, you know, I run my feet and I and I drive. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they yeah. can sponsor the show if they if that company. <laughs> this. Okay. Well, sounds good. Well, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday and or Monday. Great. I can't wait uh, for that, people. <laughs>